カハンニャハラミタシンギョウ Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So, good morning to each of you here in the center. Zendo, great to see so many of you. Almost a full house here.、Uh, nice to see those of you who haven't been here for a while. And、uh, nice to see those of you who are here for the first time, flying in from Vermont.、Um, so beautiful. Nice to see all your faces on, in the Zoom Do, on the Zoom Do, however we say that. There we go. So we have a nice full house and a nice full screen today. Beautiful. So this morning I have、uh, kind of chopped. Little bits and pieces from here and there、uh, on today's teaching from our Commit to Sit period.、Uh, well, the first, let me start with the first line of the, the teaching from this morning. When Shakyamuni became fully enlightened, he is, re- he is reputed to have said, I attained the way simultaneously with the whole world and all sentient beings. He didn't say, Wow, look at me, look what I've done. Me, 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 me. He said, I, with all sentient beings, simultaneously, simultaneously, have attained the way.、Hmm. So I wonder if any of you ever heard the saying,、uh, I don't want to be in their head, I wouldn't want to be in their head right now.、Uh, you know, like when somebody's really suffering and They're caught up in their story. I don't want to do this. I don't like that. Nobody cares. Why doesn't anyone listen to me? They're full of shit. And you think to yourself, I think to myself, oh, glad I'm not there in that head right now. They're suffering. And there's another saying in the, one of my 12 step programs is that my mind is a dangerous neighborhood to be in right now. My mind is a dangerous neighborhood to be in right now. They're like those dark alleys, and who knows who's lurking around the corner. You know, the whole world seems to be dangerous. So, I'm going to read、um, from my favorite Zen teacher, Zen Master Raven.
these are, as it tells us at the beginning of the, the book, the teachings of a wise old bird compiled and annotated by Robert Aiken Roshi. So, I love this wise old bird. So this speaks actually to the opening of today's uh, reflection. When Shakyamuni became fully enlightened, he's reputed to have said, I attained the way simultaneously with the whole world and all sentient beings. So this teaching from Raven this morning, mutually dependent arising. For those of you, I think everybody knows who Zen Master Raven is right now, right? Is anybody not familiar with the teachings of Zen Master? Okay, good. So, Owl spoke up one evening during the question period and said, It is clear to me that you don't think much of mutually dependent arising in connection with the Morning Star case. The Morning Star case is when the Buddha looked up in the morning sky and was enlightened. It's clear to me that you don't think much of the mutually dependent arising in connection with the morning star case. Is it a questionable notion to begin with? Raven said, when you hoot, the whole forest hoots. Mole doesn't hoot, said Owl. I duck, said Mole. There you go, said Raven. Got it? That's the end of the talk. May your life go well. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll read that again for you. Owl spoke up one evening during the question period and said, it is clear to me that you don't think much of mutually dependent arising in connection with the Morning Star case. Is it a questionable notion to begin with? Raven said, when you hoot, the whole forest hoots. Right? So you're not alone. You're not, it's not just you in the forest. It's not just you. It's not, just, it's not you independent of the Sangha, independent of the world. When you hoot, the whole forest hoots with you. Mole doesn't hoot, said Owl, separating again. He doesn't do that. I hoot, Mole doesn't. I sit on a cushion. Jane doesn't, they sit in the chair. Right? I duck, said Mole. I do what I do. I don't have to hoot to be a part of the world. I don't have to hoot in my own one, my own self, just me, 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 me. I hoot with the whole forest. I duck, said Mole. There you go, said Raven. There you go. So he's pointing out to Owl 
he ducks, you hoot. Whatever, there's no separation there. But here, Owl is like separating himself, seeing Mole as ducking, while I hoot. So right now, today, for me, for this past couple of days, for this week, for most of my life, but particularly this last couple of days, almost everything and everyone I encounter is driving me batshit crazy. <laughs> batshit crazy. It's like, get the F out of my way, leave me alone. How come you're doing that? We haven't discussed this. You're doing what you want to do. You're hooting in the forest, not realizing that there are others that need to be involved in this conversation. That's not the way we do it. You're hooting and I'm ducking. And it's a really awful place to be. Getting caught in the small self, not allowing for the spaciousness that Uchiyama Roshi is speaking of in this translation of cook for yourself, to how to cook your life. This is also from today's text. In the previous discussion, I talked about big mind, whereby everything we encounter inevitably becomes our life. As soon as we throw out our ordinary way of viewing things, usually we set up a world in opposition to ourself and then go about trying to pocket for ourselves as much wealth, power, or happiness from that world as we can. When our way of life accords with the Buddha Dharma, we no longer construct a world in opposition to what we think of as ourselves. So when we throw out this idea of everything that we need, all the stuff that we need, when we throw out other, it's all about me, 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 we're not in that big mind. We're in this little self, self, self. And it's not, saying, it's not to say that we shouldn't be earning money. It's not to say that we shouldn't be uh, achieving great wealth. It's saying that how do we do that? Are we doing it for me? It's my, 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 mine. Or are we doing it to share with the whole world? Are we allowing for the possibility that it's not just about me? Or do we get caught up?
I got smacked three times in the face this morning by the Dharma. Wake up, Jodo. What the fuck is wrong with you? You caught up. Me, 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 me. One of our chaplains Is that okay if I mention your name, Gian? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's <of> fine. <laughs> One of our chaplains who did foundations with us, went on to CPE, clinical pastoral education, out there in the wilds of Texas. Um, is in our, in our hospital out there right now in the ICU burn unit. And we've been speaking over the weeks of her, you know, her, of their um, beginning journey of CPE, of chaplaincy out there, and what uh, a journey it's going to be. And who could have known, Gian, what this journey could have been? Three occasions in the last three weeks to open, to fully allow one's heart to break open. A young 30-year-old man in the burn unit, a lineman, electrocuted, having both his arms am amputated, intubated, and Gian was there at the extubation when they take the tube out, and the doctors hadn't told this man that his arms had been amputated. Imagine sitting with that suffering, with that man and his girlfriend. The doctors hadn't told him. By the way, we've amputated both your arms. Or the 62-year-old Jehovah's Witness who came in with a burn that could have easily been treated. Was she able to take blood products? But as a Jehovah's Witness, it is her vow not to do that. So to watch this beautiful 62-year-old lady die because of her belief. And that is not to say anything against her belief system, but to watch this person die possibly unnecessarily. And how does one carry that? If one is stuck in one's small self, there's no way to survive this work that Gian and a number of our students here and have gone forth are doing the same work. I see Kaigetsu on the screen. I see Yakusan. I can't see everyone, I'm afraid, if I can't see you. But entering into that world of suffering, Allowing for spaciousness has to be part of that work. Allowing for expansion beyond my mind. To be able to sit with the suffering of others. I 
and not get so caught up that it's about me. Last week I was not here, and some of you who were here know that I had to, I didn't have to, but I went to be with a, a man who is one of my support groups coming to terms for people who are living with terminal diagnosis. And they're with me for Dai Nin, another Sangha member, and myself co-facilitate this group. And the people in the group, the participants, could be with us for six months or a year, longer, depending on their, how they are able to withstand treatment, experimental treatments. And uh, we've lost three people since last, I think, August, who have died. And one gentleman who has advanced, now advanced stage of ALS. And he gets um, care Monday through Friday for Medicare pays, I'm sorry, he gets care Monday through Friday that he has to pay out of pocket. Uh, because he still has resources, very, very little resources. He lives with his 82-year-old mother. And he can't get his care paid for by Medicaid until he runs out of money. I mean, that's our healthcare system. If you have money, Medicaid won't cover the costs. So anyway, I had to help last Sunday to go help get him out of bed, because he can no longer get out of bed by himself. And it was in one moment incredibly sad of course it remains incredibly sad it's not going to get better and at the same time a beautiful 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 profound moment the beauty of being with someone in that moment of intimacy taking them out of their bed and helping them into their wheelchair this for me is this kind of, and, and I made this just my own understanding of the Dharma and this uh, Dogen's teachings and Uchiyama's translation. But for me, that is the big mind right there. It's not about him, it's not about me, it's about the moment of beautiful, beautiful intimacy. Just, there's nothing else there but lifting this person out of bed and putting him into the wheelchair. And then it's over. And then, you know, I have to leave. He has visitors coming. It's like, I'll see you next week. And as it happened, I texted last night, and he has help today. That's a couple of friends coming to help him get out of bed. And then the third time was in the Dokusan room, or Lou's office, which becomes a Dokusan room for the days that I'm here, because um, that's the only room we have right now, apart from that Dokusan room. So it's kind of like crazy trying to set up the office, you know, hide the chair that st still has to be fixed. Uh, and anyway, it's like, it's like walking into this little tiny cupboard. So I was thinking of Jian and her experience, their experiences uh, right now. And um, speaking to someone else, also having experience, experiencing the Dharma, the world, in a very different 
way since COVID? Um, and holding everything, holding the stuff. Um, change, change in our community, change in the Dharma, the way it's being delivered across the country now, across the world now on Zoom. feeling for everyone, feeling for each of these persons that I spoke with this morning, hearing, listening, and trying not to take it personally, but to be there in the expansiveness of that spaciousness of mind, big mind. And then I turn around, I, Cal came in. As we were, as we were prepare, preparing to close the Dogsan line. No, as we were opening the Dogsan line. I turn around, there's no, um, there's no uh, statue on, there's no altar in Lou's room, so we used the water and the incense and the statue on the filing cabinet, you know. <laughs> Nothing holy, you know, it's like, and I turned around, and there's this beautiful scroll of Kuan Yin, or Kanan, on the wall that I, I've not really noticed in so long. And it's one of, one, of my, one of our treasured scrolls, I think, but I've just taken it for granted for so long because it's just been hanging there for, I don't know, eight years. And this morning, I saw it for the first time. As I lit the as Cal lit the Cal lit the incense for me, and I took the incense, and I'm not able to do three bows because there's no room, and I'm looking at, I turn and see this scroll of Kuan Yin, and I'm like, there it is. I know this doesn't fool anybody, by the way, pushing it down. But that's what I do. There it is, in that moment, Kuan Yin, Avalokiteshvara, she, he, they who hears the cries, the suffering of the whole world. Jian's patient suffering, Jian's suffering, suffering of everyone, whatever it looks like, the suffering of our Sangha, our community, whatever that looks like. My suffering, me getting caught in my shit. And to be able to look at that scroll and go, What the hell are you worried about, Chodo? What the fuck is going on here? I mean, she's just there, like, you know, she's like. <laughs> this is why I love this one so much. She has this kind of like, whatever. That little sassy turn of the hip there. She's like, 
well, what's the big deal? <laughs> and, then the, and then you look at the one in, in the back office there and say, wow, there she is. Just fully there. This is also from today's teaching. Sawaki Roshi used to use the expression, live the self that fills the whole universe. When we see the words universe or world or all sentient beings, we are apt to think that this means we should meditate on our awareness expanding in some large space in the way a balloon expands when filled with air. But that is not what Roshi meant. Life must take the form of living activity and the Tenzo Kyokun teaches us that the self-inclusive of the world is nothing other than the very things, people or situations that we presently encounter and know and helps us to discover our lives through these things and in turn pour all our life harder back into them. Once he has these ingredients, he must handle them as carefully as if they were his own eyes. Big mind, then, is not a matter of meditation on some vast floating spatial dimension. It's the precise, it is the pr practice of entirely devoting your life to each and everything that you encounter, no matter what it might be. So it's not about when we're sitting on a cushion about transcending into some big universe out there, some space, you know, it's like we're one with that. But it's seeing all things that we encounter. It's our life. All things, all beauty, all suffering, all heartache. All batshit crazy in my head. All anger, depression, it's all there. It's not about, and it's not about holding on to it. It's about allowing it to be the entire universe. But even then, it's not about holding on to this idea of being the entire universe. It's not a matter of meditating on some vast floating spatial dimension. It is the practice of entirely devoting your life to each and everything that you encounter, no matter what it might be. The man with no arms, having to get someone out of their bed into a wheelchair. Visiting with a friend last week, making plans for his funeral service, you know, three, four months down the road, six months, or if the, <coughs> if the treatment works, a year, maybe. Being with him last Thursday, having this discussion, having a laugh, the music at the memorial service, 
not too gay, not too straight, not too this, not too that. Stepmother, yada, yada, yada. Bringing him lunch from Grey Dog. Walking in the dark for him, he was not having such a good time with his legs right now. Last Thursday, and then on Saturday, he went into hospital because he can't breathe, and now he's on oxygen. And he'll come home on hospice, hopefully, tomorrow or the day after. <laughs> Just like that. Laughing and joking about not too gay, not too straight, music for the memorial, six months a year to live. And there was maybe days. How do I encounter that? How do we encounter that? And not make it about me. Hmm. I think I've probably gone on too long. What time is it now? 12.09. 12. I've oh, got another hour. <laughs> so how about we have five minutes of any questions or comments or responses to uh, anything you've heard this morning? Or you can just go home. It's OK. Um, anyone on the screen, anyone on Zoom, though, have a question or response to anything you've heard, anything that touched your big, spacious mind? I have a question. All right. What if you're with someone who is in a terrible mess, and you see that they really should do X or Y? What is your? What is your duty then? To mind my own business. <laughs> so the question was, what if you see if someone's in a terrible mess and um, you know that they should be doing something differently? If they did something differently, maybe things would be better. What is my, my role? What should I do? That was, I'm paraphrasing the question. My response is, mind my own business. I'm not there to fix. I'm not there to make it, you know. I'm not there to uh, hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? It begins with a C and it's you. It's, I'm not there to fix you, correct you, fix you. I'm not, that's not my job. I can be there. I can, you know, maybe offer advice, maybe. But generally, I want to hear what you have to say and, OK. Could try that, but uh, usually, as I, you know, the first thing for, the first thing that comes to my mind is to mind my own business, to allow them for whatever is happening to them to unfold, and maybe open up the door for the possibility for that person to say, "What do you think I should do?" Because stepping into that minefield is like never a good thing, because if it goes wrong, well, that's what Chodo said. That's what he thought would be a good idea. No. So, but thank you for that question. Anyone on the screen? Uh, who's the monitor? Yakasan? No, Kyoshu here. Um, Audrey Lester has a question. Audrey, okay. do you want to um, unmute? Sure. In the first line of the text today, it says, well, maybe not exactly the first line, not to rely on others is to be unmoved. I'm not sure what unmoved means and if it's good or bad. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm laughing because Koshin and I, well, I was beating Koshin over the head last night by this line too. Um, <laughs> what does it mean? Unmoved. And we can look at it in two ways. Um, I don't have the text with me, I don't think. Says, you know, not to be unmoved. Here's where we find true peace of mind. When completely enlightened, Shakyamuni. Shakyamuni. So just read those few words that you, you got stuck on. Uh, that we got stuck on. Not to rely on others is to be unmoved. So not to rely on others is to be unmoved. We can look at that as not allowing for others to be of help. Not allowing, so again, separating oneself. Just me, 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 me. I'm not allowing myself to rely on others. And at the same time, do I have to, it's a paradox, of course, do I have to rely on others? Well, if we're in this mutually dependent arising world, it's not about relying, it's not about taking or pushing away or holding on, it's about just being in this world. And then we look at to be unmoved. Could we say to be unmoved is like, you know, it doesn't mean shit to me. Right? Or is it saying, if we don't rely on others, we're not going to be moved. If we allow others in, we could be moved to a new place. We could move into a different way. If we allow others. If we don't, then we're going to be unmoved. Am I making sense? Kind of, sort of. It's it really. It's a was a mind f for me. This whole those few words. I'm like, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm still kind of in that place, but I'm a little clear on it. And this is the beauty of these teachings. We go back and back. We go over and over again. Particularly, you know, with Dogen, we can see it in so many different ways. Or at least here, it's like two different ways of looking at the word unmoved. That's the, I think that's the word there, unmoved. Either I don't give a shit, or I'm not allowing for the opportunity to be moved. To be moved to something other than my little self-contained chodo. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Make sense to anybody? All right, so look at the word unmoved as the teaching there. That's the important word there. All right, I'm not going to ask for any more questions because I might get caught out again. Uh, all right. Yeah? Shuso's laughing here. So from this, let me just read this one wise old bird again because I just can't get enough of Zen Master Raven. Owl spoke up one evening during the question period and said, it's clear to me that you don't think much of mutually a dependent arising in connection with the morning star. Is it a questionable notion to begin with? Raven said, when you hoot, the whole forest hoots. Mole doesn't hoot, 
said Owl. I duck, said Mom. There you go, said Raven.